0: I'm Alex Miller and, and the Arizona Coyotes uh, made the news this week somehow uh, because their arena, what was it? There's a lease up or like the city of Glendale is, uh, you know, saying, yeah, we don't want you anymore. I, d- I didn't look that closely. It was a kind of a busy week for me, but I was just looking at this article on MSN to kind of see if I could get myself caught up on anything uh, that that I missed. And I want to shout out this one line from the article written by James O'Brien. It says, if you follow this endless endless coyote saga, you probably feel safe assuming one thing. It will probably just keep going.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, that, that about summarizes the existence of the Arizona Coyotes. And that's probably, honestly, the best thing that you could say if you're an Arizona Coyotes fan. Um, not much else to celebrate other than, well, at least we've made it this far. Um, because... <laughs> at least we still exist. <laughs> exactly. The bar is truly as low as it can get there. Um, cause, uh, yeah, the factory of misery, and this is, this is, you know, when it comes to organizations that are this bad, you look at Arizona, you look at Buffalo, and... You know, it's not just that the, the the team on ice. Like when you have dec- like basically decades and decades of failure, um, like those two franchises franchises have had, um, it's it's really not just you know okay we we had a couple bad drafts and a couple bad trades and it's kind of sunk us. Um, what you really see is is a pattern of complete organizational dysfunction. Uh, and I mean the Arizona Coyotes are the poster child for that. Um, uh, how many freaking off ice. Things have we seen? I mean, this 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 whole arena thing, you know, just playing in Arizona itself is is always a source of controversy. But just this franchise, always always in the news for like literally the only bad things. When was the last positive of an off ice thing that we've ever heard of from the Arizona Coyotes? I straight up cannot remember whatsoever. Um, it's just littered with with bad news uh, from that whole John Chaka thing. You know that the, the, the you know they got their draft pick. Uh, snatched away their first round pick because they were screwing around with the, the draft prospects. And then, obviously, last year's draft with Mitch Miller and, and making that nonsensical decision. Um, and, and now, this, it seems that they might be, you know, arena less um, because, you know, they treat their host city like shit. And so, you know, the, the host city's like, okay, that's enough leeching for now. We're good. And then, just like that, you have no arena to play. I think, I think, effective uh, just after this season. They, they don't, they're not really sure where they're going to go.
0: Not to mention that time they couldn't pay their players on time. Uh, that's another thing that was happening like about the same time as everything else, so don't blame you for forgetting it. But I want to read you this statement from Coyote's president and CEO, Xavier Gutierrez, because I had to read it several times before I understood it. So it says, well, it was one, one part specifically... Maybe I'm just uh, dumb, but it says, We are disappointed by today's unilateral decision by the city of Glendale to break off negotiations on a multi-year lease extension agreement. We are hopeful that they will reconsider a move that would primarily damage the small businesses and hard working citizens of Glendale. We remain open to restarting good faith negotiations, negotiations with the city. So that middle sentence. We are hopeful that they will reconsider a move that would primarily damage the small businesses and hardworking citizens of Glendale. I thought that that was like, wait, am I reading this right? I wasn't. I thought it was like, I hope they try a new move, one that would damage the small businesses and hardworking citizens. And it took me a while to realize that the move they were referencing is the one that was already made.
1: Yeah. And so this kind of confusion, not only is it emblematic of the organization as a whole, but also maybe a bit of a Freudian slip because can you really argue (laughs) that the Arizona Coyotes, um, well, I think you can make the argument that they do kind of primarily damage the small businesses and especially the hardworking citizens of Glendale uh, because, you know, you know how these professional sports teams are with their, you know, with their cities when they're negotiating with their municipal governments. They're always trying to get, always trying to get the city to pay for everything. And then the the team gets basically all the money. Um, So yeah, maybe a bit of a Freudian slip, Mr. Gutierrez writing his his sentence, he he kind of let that slide. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's there, I, I I really get a sense of almost entitlement from the organization in this situation. You know what I mean? Like I, I I'm sure they negotiated a whole bunch, um, but it really seems like they they think that there's some sort of like city savior, uh, and you know like oh we bring all the business. We bring all the money when, in fact, you know, this is an absolutely more abundant, miserable franchise. Uh, And I don't know. It seems like they're acting as such. And like, what the hell are they going to do now? uh, We're talking about like now they're in the headlines for we're talking about like relocation rumors uh, because like they don't have an arena. They don't have a home city. At all right now, um, they—I mean, good thing they weren't named the Glendale Coyotes. That would have been unfortunate. Uh, so they've got—they've got some leeway there. They still got the whole state of Arizona, <laughs> but then again, not—not, not, you know, notoriously not really a hockey city, hockey state. Uh, Arizona is so, you know, what remains to be seen. I, I heard Tempe, Arizona, another city that I've never fucking heard of, and I can't imagine Tempe? they're just crawling. Yeah, Tempe, Arizona, and I can't imagine they're crawling with hockey fans there either just like in Glendale.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure Gary Bettman uh, said something like, oh, we still think they're going to like stay in Arizona, stay in like the Phoenix area. I'm pretty sure. Does the Jobbing.com arena still exist? Was that the name of the arena in Phoenix? I don't know if that's an option that's on the table of just going back to Phoenix. But, of course, everyone's jumping to like the more fun conclusions. Oh, they're going to move to Quebec City, or Houston is the big one. And I think if they do really relocate, uh, it's probably Houston and not Quebec City, although that would be somewhat fun. Uh, I think Houston is probably like the NHL's next target for a team, whether that's relocation or expansion in 14 years or whenever they do the next expansion team. Um, but, I honestly, if I had to guess, I think we're going to... Have the most boring option, which is either uh, moving to somewhere else in Arizona, or even the Gary Bettman like bullying Glendale into being like, fine, you can stick around for a little longer.
1: Yeah, but what leverage does Gary Bettman have over the city of Glendale? I mean, it really seems like you know, it was what it leverage wasn't does the city
0: of Glendale, of Glendale ever have? It's it's just Glendale. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but what how how does how does Gary Bettman come in and bully the city of Glendale into keeping? The Arizona Coyotes in town. Um, when, I don't know. You know I, 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 You know, like city politics and that shit, I don't see it happening. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's, it, like the, no, the, the situation is, the matter of fact situation of is that with this franchise is that it's so poorly run and it's got a bunch of incompetence and has had a history of incompetence running the show there from, you know, the top down that until they sell the team, I really don't and I'm pretty sure it's a relatively new owner, right the the was it Alex Marullo? Marulo um who bought the yeah. team and and so you know, I don't you know see that in the short term at any point, but until they do, I mean it doesn't seem like this team has enough money and nor the right people in order to like they could they could move to anyway they could move to Toronto and I wouldn't see them having that much success at all because they're just the, it's just the wrong people at the head and, and when it comes down to it, you know, you just got the wrong people running the business, uh, and that this is what you get. You get years and years of organizational failure um, from top to bottom, both both off ice and on ice, and it's uh, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, and you know, you move to Houston if you keep the same people intact. What you think? You think the team's magically going to get that much better uh, with with a better audience and stuff? Like I, don't know, I still think they'll be, you know, like penny pinching losers. Uh, so you know, until they kind of like you know, I think just fundamentally, just like the Buffalo Sabers you know, and the, and the Pagulas there, um, that it starts with the owners and everyone on down, it's like a cascading effect where, you know, there's a, I don't really see a way forward in which this, there is great success for a team named the coyotes. You know, not,
0: uh, the coyotes specifically, of course, but the idea of, uh, cheering for a dysfunctional team, uh, kind of, you know, starting to appeal to me a little bit. Like, uh, I don't I okay I cuz I've seen like yeah, on hockey twitter and stuff uh there's a a specific brand of fan specifically like a Senators fan or something uh who's like oh yeah uh the Senators it was like I think I saw one that was really funny it was like you know the galaxy brain meme and at the start it was like oh the Senators can never hold on to their star players and that sucks and then it was like oh the Senators can never hold on to their star players because Eugene Melnick doesn't want to pay them and then the biggest galaxy brain was like, the Sens can never hold on to their star players. And that's hilarious. Go Sens, go. And, <laughs> and I really I really enjoy that mindset. And it's kind of in the same same alley as like the, the word camp has kind of uh, been resurfacing a lot as of late in terms of like, you know, things just being like bad. People are just like, oh, it's just camp. And it was like, oh, the senator is doing nothing for like a month. And then signing Scott Saber in his <clears throat> camp. And that was at Erickson's burner. Like Just cheering for a team whose entire bit is sucking. I don't know. I'm starting to think about it.
1: <laughs> you know what? When you present it like that, I think I might have to give it some some serious consideration. Honestly, it's like uh, if you adopt that kind of attitude of like, you know, you give up, you set the bar so low that it's only up from there. And when they inevitably stick around that that bar that you set, it's all right, because that's exactly what you expected. You just have a good time hanging around, uh, scrounging around for scraps and laughing at your own team. Uh, and so in that case, you know, maybe we'll be accepting candidatures from teams like, I don't know, the Buffalo Senators. Maybe, well, You know what? What if What if after the all Buffalo this time Senators? we join the Va- – Oh, sorry, <laughs> the Buffalo Sabres. Whoops. Um, and what if after all this time we join the Vancouver Canucks fan base after all the, the Jim Benning moaning? Um, yeah, I you know what? That, 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 that's a possible source of comedy. Yeah, it definitely is a
0: possible source of comedy. I'm thinking now, like, how... Because we said, like, how do Buffalo Sabres fans, like, how do they stick around this decade of suffering? And actually, more than that, they never even, you know, they never won a Stanley Cup. And I think it has to be... There has to be some sort of level of memory in it where it's like, oh, yeah... Rasmus Westerlainen eclipsed 26 minutes tonight, even though he's not on the team anymore, but you get what I'm saying. And Victor Roloffson had six shots on goal. Go Sabres, go.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think there's some appeal to it. I think there's some real appeal to it. Um, you can't really get mad at the team for being bad if you're only cheering for them because they're bad. Like, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that kind of that kind of twisted logic it works it works uh and yeah you're right you know you look at the current fans um you know I- i'm sure that there is certainly a subsection where they just stick around for the memes cuz it's fucking hilarious when when, when you yeah. when your favorite team is the Ottawa Senators and i don't know the, the 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 best your highlight of the year is that you beat the the Maple Leafs twice during the regular season and everybody has a party over it I mean, I wish I could have a party over beating the Maple Leafs twice in the regular season. That sounds like a a pretty good time. And if you ever, you know, if you ever in the unlikely event that you see one fun year of success, well, then you can really enjoy it. And uh, because the expectation, it's all house money. You know what? Cheering for a shitty Mm -hmm. team, it's literally all house money. And I think there's value in that.
0: I have a a new perspective on, like, the Sens fans who are, like, every time they play the Leafs, like, this is the big game, and Leafs (laughs) fans kind of laugh at them, like, ha, you're in last place, we're making the playoffs, you enjoy this one. The Sens fans are like, yeah, this is our big game, and we won. Fuck you, you know? I think that's kind of fun. What if, like, if we became, like, Canucks fans, in theory, if we would be the type to, like, if, say, we were – somehow ever like at a game in Vancouver or something and the Canucks lost and they're like walking down the tunnel and we go over to like hand them each popsicles or something like after the Little League baseball game you know it's like good try kids
1: yeah <laughs> handing OEL his post game orange slice um, yeah. <laughs> he had a plus minus of above negative two Um so like, uh, <laughs> good work OEL pretty, pretty you've pretty almost appealing. broken
0: even for the period <laughs>
1: Yeah, you averaged, you averaged a, a plus-minus of less than negative one per period, or more than negative one per period. Um, good shit. More than negative one. More than negative one. Negative that's genius. On time. There we go. Good for me. Um, so, yeah. That's uh, that's Arizona for you. Um, and, I mean, yeah, I can't imagine there are actually any any fans out there for the, for the Coyotes. First of all, I don't know if I've ever, like, we've heard, like, you know, Dwayne, the Sabres fan. Do we know any Coyotes fans? Like have you like I don't know if I've ever seen any on Twitter.
0: Uh I feel like I must have seen like at least one at some point. Yeah, I I think I don't I think it was amidst amidst the like Mitch Miller stuff. I saw a couple of Coyotes fans just, you know, talking about how much it sucked and how sad they were. I was like, man, that sucks. But uh yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: Alright, there we go. So uh I, I hope those fans are making the best of it because, uh, yeah, they might have a new home. It might be a city named Tempe. The Tempe Coyotes is uh, an interesting name. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't imagine they would have many fans in Tempe either. All right. Anything else you want to add on the on the, the Coyotes and the fun time they're having?
0: Now let's move on to uh, a, a Hall of Fame player who retired this week, Henrik Lundqvist officially announced his retirement. Uh, He only ever played for the New York Rangers, even though he signed with the Capitals. And there was a chance we thought, oh, is he going to try to, you know, after missing the entire season with uh, some heart problems or concerns, is he going to come back? And uh, he is not. But he is retiring as, I would say, uh, decisively the greatest goalie of his generation. Basically, from 2005 all the way to 2015, he was uh, in the Vesna conversation all the time. He won at least one. I think it was actually only one, but he was a finalist many times. And across the, we talk about how goaltending is voodoo and how it's so hard to maintain an elite level over even like two or three seasons in a row. Henrik Lundqvist uh, did it for like at least ten. So this guy's a slam dunk first ballot Hall of Famer, and I'm pretty sure the Rangers have already announced they're going to retire his number 30 next season.
1: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this is an all-time great goaltender, uh, and there there's really no argument about it. I mean, you look at his stats, um, and I think, and, and, you know, he's just from from his save percentage, which is like almost a 920 over his entire career, and then you look at his, you know, wins, saves, games played, shoutouts in the top 20 all time um, for all of those. And yeah, and, and you just, yeah, you absolutely you talk about in terms of, you know, dominance over an extended period of time. Yeah, absolutely. We really don't see uh, like a year to year consistency um, in goaltenders at all in the NHL anymore, really aside from maybe, you know, really rare exceptions. And while that those rare exceptions, that's what's makes them great. Um, and so, yeah, that's what Henrik Lundqvist was. I think, you know, I think, me as a fan, I think I probably underappreciate just how good he was just because, you know, like his kind of reign of dominance uh, ended just when, like when I was in what grade, grade seven, um, around 2015 or and so. so, like I've kind, of, I've kind of seen the, basically the, the the tail end of his career and he's been good. Um, but the, the team in front of him, uh, the Rangers have never really been any good, uh, since, you know, making it to that, to that, uh, was it the cup final in 2014, um so yeah yeah so so you know we just got to see the tail end but really uh you go back to those that basically that entire decade um and uh yeah he was he was an elite goaltender and first ballot hall of famer easy he's uh he's really one of the household names in hockey over in the 21st century
0: yeah and that's stanley cup final by the way actually all the rangers playoff successes they had from like uh 2012 they made the conference final, 2014 Stanley Cup final, 2015, another conference final. Uh that was that was Lundquist. He he was he did that. The team in front of him was they were okay. Their their top centers at that time were like what Derek Brassard, Derek Stepan, like Matt Zuccarello, Chris Kreider, Ryan McDonough, those were like their big guns, all right? Not not exactly a bunch of superstars in front of him. Henrik Lundqvist uh dragged that team to the Stanley Cup final And, uh, came up short, sadly, uh, because that would have been super cool. And like, I I think, I don't remember if we talked this much about this on here, but looking throughout history, most of the great players have Stanley cup rings. And a lot of that is because there were fewer teams. It was really that simple. And now we're getting to a point where these elite hall of fame players like Henrik Lundqvist are starting to retire uh without cup rings and you know jerome mcginla is another one joe thornton is probably about to be another one pretty soon go florida um but uh yeah this is probably going to become more and more common and so i think people are going to have to readjust and i think they already have started how they're evaluating these players and because there definitely was a time and i think there are still people who think like oh but you know that cup ring really cements their legacy and of course you know obviously it's great to win a the cup and every every player wants to but I think seeing a player like Lundqvist who doesn't have one people are going to have to kind of readjust and see that really shouldn't tarnish his legacy at all
1: yeah absolutely and in my eyes I don't think it does you know uh, the, the lack of a cup ring uh isn't I don't think it's an indictment on Lundqvist at all because you know you look at you look at the sport first of all Um, The the impact of one player, even at the really, you could argue, the most influential player uh, on the ice, you know, who plays the most in the the goaltending position. Um, You know, if the team in front of him isn't particularly well constructed um, or is even just, you know, even good, not great. um, There's only so much you can do. And it seems that Lundqvist throughout his career has done, you know, basically everything he can do to try to, you know, drag a team uh, to a Stanley Cup. But, you know, the fact is. Um, first of all, yeah, you're right. One, one factor is that there just are so many teams. Um, and so you know in a given year, what do you, there are there are 30 teams with all you know with a, lo- a lot of them with their with their, with their very own superstar who aren't gonna win a cup and just so statistically, you know not everyone everyone can win one because there are so many teams. Uh, but yeah, it, it really is a, a team sport in that sense because um, well yeah, there's just the individual impacts of every player um, in hockey in particular just aren't uh, as big as perhaps in, in other sports, like, I don't know, like a basketball or something. Uh, and yeah, so I, you know, I don't think the the criteria for, for Hall of Fame or even just, you know, well, what's the word? Uh, not like for like, for just fame um, or, you know, being worthy of being considered as one of the greats um, shouldn't include a cup ring uh, because, you know, it is a nice bonus, but in the end, you know, it, it is a, it's a team award. Um, and so you look at other awards, you know, the fact that he was in the, you know, he's, he had Vezina votes in like, what, like 10 years in a row or some shit like that. Uh, and, and stuff like that, more individual accolades, I think are, uh, a bigger indication of just how good the player was.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you know Hendrik Lundqvist has an identical twin brother named Yoel?
1: No, I had absolutely no idea.
0: Yeah. I always forget that this is true. Not only that, but Yoel Lundqvist was drafted before Henrik in the 2000 NHL draft, 68th overall by Dallas. And he played 134 NHL games for the Dallas Stars. And I remember I was watching the World Championships at some point, however many years ago. And I saw him because he's a forward. I was like, oh, that looks like, is that Henrik Lundqvist playing forward? And right then they were like, oh, that's Henrik's brother, Joel. And I was like, that's crazy. And, you know, just played in Sweden for a really long time. And you look up pictures of him playing, and it's like, wow, that's just Henrik Lundqvist as a forward.
1: <laughs> that is, yeah. I just, I just googled him, uh, and yeah, the second, the second picture that pops up is is Joel Lundqvist in a hockey uniform, and uh, you're just like, well, that's, that's just, that's just fucking Henrik. Um, I guess that makes sense given that they're identical twins. Um, but uh, interesting fun fact. All right, so he, this guy. I, I think you could say if he was uh, you compared to a brother, uh, an absolute bust for the Dallas Stars. Should have drafted his twin.
0: Should have drafted Henrik.
1: Could say that about, about all the other teams in the draft, though. But the Dallas Stars in Probably. particular, because you picked the wrong freaking brother. All right. Anything? Well, okay. So, uh, anything else you want to add on uh, this spectacular career?
0: Uh, man, have we tapped all the hockey news for the entire week in 23 minutes?
1: I think just about there really is, is I cannot, yeah, it's just cannot stress how, just how little news there are. Like I see,
0: you know what, actually I had anymore. a theory about this. Yeah. I had a theory that like, because obviously everyone involved in the NHL is just so incredibly exhausted because you know, they had the bubble and then, like, a couple months off before the season, and then now only a, a shortened offseason, knowing that they're going to have to load up for back to a full season after just a short time off. And so oftentimes in the offseason, they'll have, like, oh, the month of August, where it's like, you know, the unspoken agreement that no one's going to do anything for a couple weeks. But I think that uh, is much stronger this year. Everyone's probably resting extra hard knowing that uh, – They'll need it in order to get through the next season. So maybe that's why we've seen absolutely nothing except, like, the Kraken signing Antoine Bebo and, like, the Travis Sanheim extension. But it's been radio silence for the most part.
1: Right. I'm wondering right now, you know, there are 32 front offices. And what are they each doing right now? You know, like, what is, what is Joe Sakic up to? Do? Yeah, and I suspect... That there, there was a group email that kind of went out to the GMs, and I was like, "Fuck it, we're off for the next three weeks." Um, and this is a, this is a group call. I don't know if you motherfuckers better trade anybody. Um, this is this this is <laughs> we're on break. Um, because uh, yeah, it, this this feels yeah unusually quiet. I mean, every so you know, you, you see your your occasional RFA deal. I can't imagine the GMs are too too involved in that. Um, I I don't know, like you know negotiating teams and shit, and just leave it there. And you just Oh, okay. We signed him for three million dollars a year. Great. All right, uh, back back to my my beach day, um, or or just you know what? Maybe they're all just sleeping. They're just sleeping around the clock <laughs> um, because I think we've I think we've seen you know like with we we saw Bergeron and his attitude towards you know perhaps coming back um, after this season, and I think these general managers, uh, as as a result of having a pretty demanding job in terms of being in the public eye, um, they do see. Uh, a certain, perhaps a certain level of burnout. I think more harsh in Montreal than other places, but uh, it is an intense job, uh, as desirable as it may be. And I think uh, with, with with yeah, with all the pandemic, they've had to deal with all that, adjust on the fly, and then all these shortened seasons. I think you're absolutely you you. I think you're to something, and that they all just might be currently lying in bed at eight p.m. on an August twenty second.
0: Yeah, I think the NHL should consider like a uh, an off season roster freeze. Uh, Like, even just for, like, two or three weeks, like, in August or something. Because not only would it give everyone, like, some official time off, uh, and would probably be, you know, good for the rest and all stuff like that, but I also think maybe, kind of like we saw before the expansion draft, teams would be trying to make moves before the freeze. It would be another minor event, like, oh, here comes the the off-season roster freeze, and maybe Jack Heuchel would actually be traded before it. There's my new idea.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. Do would you would you freeze signings as well, like these RFA signings, or? or are yeah, signing? everything's
0: frozen. No transactions at all.
1: Okay, so so if you don't get your RFA signed before the deadline, you're in a bit of a a crunch before training camp opens. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a bad idea. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I particularly like you know the angle of let's just let's give these front offices some vacation time, um, because uh, well, why the hell not? Um, I, I can't say it would be great for, uh, I don't know, the podcasting business. You have even less stuff to talk about than usual. Um, you know, so because, you know, zero Our business is less that we different. run here well,
0: in which yeah, we make this... so much business happen
1: <laughs> and make so much business money. Um, but oh, yes. uh, you know, your, your, your news items will dwindle down from one and a half to zero. But then again, I think, um, I think it's probably well worth the, the general manager's times and, you know, the general manager's time to, uh, give themselves a break um, because, and I think that's what they're doing. I think you're right. I think that's what they're doing because what, are, what are they doing on a day to day basis right now? Like they go into the office and, and what take a nap at their desk. Wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So do you want to do our draft? Let's just get right into it.
1: Okay. Let's kill it.
0: All right. So, Last night, Taisei asked me, hey, what draft do you want to do? And I was eating a banana. And I thought, hmm, fruits? All sounds good. So we're doing the fruits draft. Um, We are going to each draft six fruits. And as always, we're going to put the poll up on our Instagram story a little bit later this week where you can vote on which one of our fruits teams you preferred. I don't remember... What our what's our protocol for picking who uh goes first? Oh, is it since I won the last draft, the Olivia Rodrigo song draft, that you have the first pick for the fruits? Is that what we're going yeah. with?
1: Yeah, I think you. You prior to this, you were on a streak of going first overall because I uh kept crushing you. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, after yes, that big course. L, I think it's uh I think it's time for me to finally make a first overall pick. This might be a first, it might be a second, um, but I don't do this often with pride all right so fruits i think we said six fruits each um before we start do you have any strategy in mind or will you just take the are you taking bfa best fruit available
0: uh i'm just going bfa best fruit available no plan at all right now i'm frantically typing out all fruits i can think of that i like
1: all right perfect okay so um with the first overall pick uh, I, I i think this is uh it's a pretty straightforward one um i will be taking the banana first overall uh, i think it's an excellent fruit it's an elite fruit there are many things going for the banana truly uh an all-around favorite i mean first of all uh it's it's very versatile it's very clean you know it's very portable uh you can bring it around wherever you like it's it's not you don't have, you don't need a Tupperware well, you can have your own banana right I know you have a, a banana tupperware in which to transport in, which to transport your daily bananas. But you don't need one.
0: Oh, broke I like several years ago.
1: Ah, oh, broke. Oh, that's a shame. But you know those exist. You could use one if you want, but you don't need one. You can just stuff it in your bag, and it's no worse for wear. Uh, it's delicious. It works great in smoothies. It's like the best smoothie base out there. You know, like you put some bananas and then you throw in some other fruits, some yogurt, and it's just it, you're rocking. Or even just a banana smoothie on its own, it works. Um, you can adjust the ripeness based on uh, you know your preference. You got uh, green, which is questionable, to uh, pitch black, if that's what you prefer. Uh, and you know they were you th- if if they ever do go uh, a bit past the date, uh, a bit too brown for your taste, you can just throw them in the freezer and throw them in your smoothie afterwards. It's like a flavorful ice cube. And so bananas, I think without question, is uh, a very des- deserved. Number one overall pick and I, uh, don't doubt it for a second.
0: Yeah. Cannot argue with you on that one. You know how much I love bananas, but I think I'm going to get a pretty nice option here at uh, second overall because uh, this fruit has something that bananas don't because this fruit is the marquee fruit. All right. This is when you think of fruit, this, is the first thing that comes to your mind, it's the apple. All right. First of all, there are lots of different kinds of apples. Uh, so even if you don't like one kind, you're definitely going to like another kind. And here's here's a great uh, anecdote that will tell you just how, how just how prominent Apple is within the fruit community. All right. In the, the, there's a Bible story, right, where Eve eats the forbidden fruit or something. And that's what it says. And everyone upon reading that is like, oh, so it's an apple. That's our the, our default fruit is apple, right? And everyone's like, "Yeah, of course." All the artwork, all the you know adaptations you see, it's always an apple because they go, "Oh, it's a fruit," but we don't know which one. We substitute the apple. Everyone's gonna be satisfied. Everyone will be happy about it.
1: I think you. I think you know all this. This just how prominently it's featured in Parliament culture. I think it's a uh, popular culture. I think it's a. Uh, it's a sign that it's overrated more than it's a. It's a good fruit. Um, I didn't hear you argue much in terms of its its flavor because I think it's it's all right. You know, it works in an apple pie, sure, but that's about it. I'm not, you know, I'm not personally one to go ahead and start chomping on apples. One because I'm kind of allergic to them. But even back when I wasn't, um, I was not I was not a big fan because, uh, you know, there's I it's lost its appeal for me. Um, and you know, you know, you gotta peel them. That's a whole hassle. Compare that to a banana. Banana, you go one, two, three. No more peel. And then yeah, freaking apple. You either gotta bear through the skin, or you take like five minutes with a knife and you like nick yourself three times. It's problematic. But anyways, um, <laughs> a I, so I would disagree. I think, yeah, I, I, uh, I would, I would say that uh, you you picked an easy turn. This is like, this is like. I think I view this pick the same way you viewed my hope you're okay pick in the last draft. Which is that? Oh shit! You fell for the trap card, um, and uh, I kind of feel like you did that with the apple. I, I'm not. I don't have a good gauge of the popularity of the apple out there in the population, but I tend to think that it's not very popular. All right. Now people like apples. Next. Next pick. Mm-hmm. You sure about that? Uh, oh yeah. Hmm. All right. We can go. We can go many different ways. I think I'm gonna go with. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a hit. It's a. It's a guaranteed hit. And who doesn't like these? Who doesn't love strawberries? All right. Fuck. Yeah, Shit. that's right. That's right. I took the best option available. Um, because uh, yeah, they're just so damn versatile. There's there's never a miss on a strawberry. You know, it's always it's always a good time. It's delicious. Whenever you have strawberries in the fridge, you're like, oh my god, we got strawberries today? I'm feeling spoiled as hell. Um, and you know, it gives great summer vibes. So uh strawberries I don't think I need to plug it that much more because I think it's pretty self-evident that uh strawberries rule
0: although strawberries are quite good uh this next pick is not only does not only have a higher ceiling than strawberry but I think it may be the highest ceiling fruit that there is grapes all right when you get a good grape as the perfect amount of crunch, you know, uh, chef's kiss, it's better than, than even the best banana. And not to mention, you know, similarly to strawberry, you know, you get a bowl of them, you just pop them into your mouth one after the other. You can even, like, dip them in chocolate or whipped cream if you want, make a whole event out of it. Uh, grapes are a very high-level fruit.
1: Excuse me, you say you dip your fucking grapes in whipped cream? Did you could. Did I say that correctly? I what, what, have what? done that very
0: seldom, this? but it is definitely a, val- is a valid option.
1: Well, maybe it's a valid option in terms of it's possible. I don't know if it's a valid <laughs> option for it's tasty or it's a satisfactory experience of fruit. Um, I uh, That's a strange pick. Or so no, don't. Think, so think,
0: so think, don't. And grapes are still great without the whipped cream. So you do you.
1: I don't know. If, if, if your second selling point was, um, you know, you can dip them in whipped cream and they're great. And if you're fucking talking about grapes, um, <laughs> it, it, it raises some red flags, I think. Uh, and yeah, I don't don't know what you're going off on there. I think that's, you're right on the, you know, a good grape is a good grape. Um, and and it's nice, but the floor, I think there are a lot of bad grapes out there, you know, like sour grapes. Well, there's a reason why, you know, sour grapes is is a common turn of phrase because they're everywhere and nobody likes them. So, you know, you talk about sure, maybe a high ceiling. I don't think it's first of all, nearly as high as the, uh, the bananas or the strawberries. Um, I, and you know what? My next pick will be highest ceiling. I think, um, And a very high floor. But I think grapes also have a very low floor that you failed to mention. And so I think that's kind of a poor pick. I think apple and grapes, I think you're going a bit in the overrated territory. Okay. Well, the fifth overall pick, I will be taking one of my very, very favorite fruits, even foods out there. I will be taking the mango. Um, Mm. Now, this is just, it's an elite fruit. What more is there to say? It's like, the you know, it's frankly, it is a bit of a hassle to peel. Um, but there are hacks for that. You can find them on YouTube, on TikTok. Uh, and that's like, you know, makes it a lot love easier. I love to go on TikTok but, uh, for my
0: mango peeling hacks. One of my favorite that's activities. Right.
1: That's where, I where you get all your hacks. Um, and the But the, the real selling point of the mango is the taste. I mean, I love the mango flavor. Um, whether it's just a mango straight up, like, you know, mango ice cream might be my favorite flavor of ice cream out there. Um it's just so damn good and I have you ever had anything that tasted like mango that was a miss cuz I sure have not um and I have had apple misses grape misses uh, notably candy in both of those categories um but uh, mango candy always rocks mango anything always rocks mango ice cream is awesome and uh, I think I get getting strong strong value I was kind of scared when you talk about high ceiling that you're going to go mango um uh, because I think I'm getting a steal here fifth overall
0: Mango, because okay, maybe like a late round pick. Fifth is way too early, obviously. I no, I honestly, I think you're trying to be a little too highbrow. I really do. I think, I think that pick was a little bit pretentious, to be honest. Okay, all right, very little pretentious. Uh, I'm I'm going to. I thought, I thought you were gonna take this fruit when you were talking about high ceiling, because who doesn't love a great slice of watermelon? I have yet to meet someone who doesn't love a great slice of watermelon. Not only. Does it taste so nice? And obviously, you know, it's, I know it's not the healthiest. You can't eat it all the time. But, I mean, it's so sweet when you got, you know, that right sugar to water to color ratio. All right? And not only that, but it just it, it brings about the feelings of summer. You know, you're like, you had a barbecue with your family or your friends. What fruit's everyone eating for dessert? It's always watermelon. So, watermelon, you know, it just screams good weather and good times with good people.
1: All right. I think... You know, watermelon is a solid fruit. Um, I, I for one, am not a big. I don't partake so often in the watermelon, um, because, uh, yeah, slight allergy to watermelons. Um, But uh, you know, when I do, whenever I take my uh, my antihistamines and I indulge in some watermelon, it's a solid experience. i a bit overrated, I would find, um, especially near the pit. You know, like the white parts. Um, I'm like, this is this is. It was it was it was it was much better at the tip of the triangle. Uh, and I get down there, and I'm like, "Well, this is kind of underwhelming." Just this like pizza, your favorite lot. food. I, exactly, but you know, like, but w- I don't draw those parallels. I think the ceiling on pizza is much higher. Although that is, uh, you know, that's that's another debate. All right, number seven, fourth round pick.
0: Maybe for I, another draft, we'll do triangle-shaped it? foods: pizza, watermelon. <laughs> what else? Doritos.
1: Perfect. I think it'll be a three-round. It'll be a three-pick draft. <laughs> <laughs> which is those three fruits uh okay when i said when you said slice of i was terrified because i realized ah fuck I, maybe i shouldn't have taken mango because there was a better fruit available available on the board and i was scared that you're gonna take it and i had that feeling in my stomach but then you went with watermelon and i was like i was relieved because the mighty orange is still available in the fourth round Boo. Uh, an absolute elite Boo. fruit i i I, I'm, right, kind of, I'm kind of sad that I neglected to take it in the it's third the round, but pick. I was just scared. Stop it. Stop it's it. Awful. Now, now, it's the awful. Mango, the mango is the flavor, but orange is just it's just an all-around fantastic pick uh, and a fantastic fruit. I don't know what you're talking about. Orange, we're just talking about, you know, popsicles, handing out popsicles to OEL. Well, I, well what did I plug? I said you could give them orange slices because, you know, at the, at the end of every game or at the halftime at your your favorite local sporting event, your recreational sports, what's the fruit that they serve most often? It is definitely the orange because it's a universal hit. Everybody loves an orange. It's sweet, it's juicy. It's got it's got a convenient delivery mode system. If you cut it up right in those slices, you know you got you got a handle that's like a crust, but it's better. Um, well, you know, it's like it's like a crust. It's like a handheld device. It's wonderful, uh, and so you know, it's just and the taste is fantastic. You're talking about orange juice, one of the most popular juices out there, and that's for a reason, because the orange is an absolute masterclass of a fruit, and and I would argue that you know the just the raw fruit is even better than the juice, and uh, but the juice is very popular in its own, on its own. So I think uh, you, you made a big mistake taking the watermelon over the orange, and I was greatly relieved you left it to me.
0: I think you were complaining about my fruits being overrated. Orange is perhaps the most overrated of all, because here's why people like orange juice. You don't have to peel it, and it doesn't make your hands sticky, all right? I would be fine eating oranges if if someone else peeled it for me and, and dropped it into my open mouth for me. That'd be fine, but I cannot count the amount of times that I've had days ruined by getting my hands sticky from trying to peel the orange correctly. Or, you know, you're trying to peel it and, like, it won't open or, like, it'll go into multiple pieces. You're like, I just want to eat my orange. And it's a total nightmare. By the time you actually are ready to eat your orange, so much time has passed and so much energy has been dispelled that you're not even sure if it was worth it anymore. So I think you fail to consider that calculation with your orange pick. But I'm okay with it because moving on is my pick uh and i got to say this fruit sometimes i forget about it but whenever i remember it i'm like oh man i could really go for a good pear and i actually i say good pear because this is kind of unrelated to the fruit itself but um my grade 4 english teacher had this semi rule but it wasn't really a rule that like at snack time uh, you know, she wanted you to like eat something healthy. So she wanted you to eat like, you know, like a fruit or a vegetable or like cheese or yogurt or something like that. And at the beginning of the school year, when she was coming up with examples, she's like, even if you have like a healthy granola bar, it still won't give you as much nutrition as a good pear. And for some reason, her delivery of the line good pear stuck in my head all these years to the point that I just thought of it now. But besides the fact that uh my fourth grade English teacher like pears. I also like pears because they're sweet. Uh, and you know, you eat them similarly to apples, but one edge that pears actually do have over apples. Uh, if I may say, if I may say so, if I may take a small thing away from my first pick, cause that pears are a little bit softer. So, you know, if your teeth are a little bit more sensitive you're like, Oh, I wish I could have an apple, but they're a little too crunchy, but maybe your braces just got tightened. Fear not because a pear is a, a very more than satisfactory substitute.
1: Yikes! Yikes on the pick. Um, yikes on the justification. Um, you led with the with the with the the quote good pair. Um, and uh, you know I think you know good, sure, maybe the pair is good, not great. I think that's the real takeaway we should have from your little monologue on pairs. Um, and back to back to oranges. By the way, interesting that you point out this this sticky mess. When there are first of all two there are there are two points I would like to make. I don't know why you're letting sticky hands ruin your day when you can just fucking wash them. Um, that's the first thing. Second of all, this is coming from a man who the pick prior, he's talking about sticky hands. He just drafted the watermelon, so I don't know what you're going on about. Um, maybe a bit of a double standard there. But uh yeah, the watermelon is is uh first of all,
0: first of all, watermelon if if you're eating it properly, your hands don't get sticky if you hold the rind. All right. Oranges, there's really no way to avoid it.
1: That's not true. That is not true. There are countless times. Maybe you haven't learned the proper way to eat an orange. But I, you know, with my years of flawless technique, I figured that, you know, I found ways to take orange slices. Well, love to have have to train for years in order
0: to eat a fruit properly. That's a sign that it's really great when you have to work
1: hard at it. Wow. Who's to say? Well, that's the thing. There was no working hard. It's just because I eat oranges so often that I figured out the best way to eat it. All right. Just like peeling a banana or slicing an apple. Or figuring out which grape isn't sour, which is none of them. Anyways, um, <laughs> so yeah, pear, pears are alright. The texture, the texture was, uh, you know, I, you talk about soft, but like sometimes it borders on mushy. And then you're like, well, this is kind of underwhelming. And pear, you know what? You know, like all the other, it's not very versatile. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what? Are you like you? you have, first of all, you know, almost never eat it. Second of all, you know what? what there's no pear, pear flavored anything, and I think that's for a reason. It's not very popular. It's not an elite fruit. People would much rather go for the orange or the strawberries or bananas or the mango. Much more than the pear. Or the apples, the grapes, um, the watermelons. Like, hardly, hardly. Um, Only my picks. All right, moving on. My fifth pick. All right. Uh, I think I'm getting an absolute guaranteed hit in this one. I'm surprised you haven't ventured in the berry category yet. But I think I'm taking two of the very best, and I don't think it's particularly close. I'll be drafting... The raspberry um, at ninth overall, it's just, uh, it's, it's so good. It's so it's personally, I think it's up there. Like my personal favorite fruits are mango and raspberry. I say you know, I can't really choose any, any, any given day. It might be different. Um, And I think the raspberry I'm getting at elite value this late in the draft. And I mean, it's just the, the, the flavor. You know, going out to, if, you, if you've got a backyard with some raspberry plants, you know, going out, picking some raspberries, always fantastic. Oh, you got, you got, you got a container of raspberries in the, in the fridge because, because you went and bought them from the grocery store. It's always a good time. Oh, I wasn't munching on raspberries. I got, I got, I always got, I have, I have perennially, or, right, and on the daily, I have a one kilogram bag of frozen raspberries. And frozen raspberries are like the greatest thing. So versatile. Put them in anything. And it's just fantastic. Raspberry ice cream is elite. And, uh, yeah, what what more is there to say other than what what a, what an awesome fruit, and it's a travesty that you you missed on it four times.
0: I'm going to go with uh, the cherry. All right, not only are cherries delicious, but they also look very nice, and they are in milkshakes, and you know they're pretty pretty pleased with the milkshake. cherry on top. All right, I mean they're not in milkshakes, but like you know, when you get a milkshake like at a restaurant or something. A lot of times, like put a little cherry on top of it, uh, like on the whipped cream or something. And you know, of course, you know you put it on top of ice cream. There's a whole saying about that. Cherries, uh, pop culture is is ripe, pun intended, with cherry references, which goes to show how their their enormous impact that they've had over the years. And uh, they taste nice. They look nice. Uh, they're they're ubiquitous. So I think cherry is an absolutely appropriate and stellar for Throne pick.
1: Terrible, terrible, terrible. Cherry, first of all, I have to point out that of your five picks so far, I'm slightly allergic to four of them. And I think that's pretty funny. Uh and uh <laughs> but yeah, it, cherry included. The only exception is grapes. Um but uh yeah, the cherry just just man, it's an underwhelming time. It's an under, first of all, it's so small. It's like I gotta what is this shit? I got like, I, I'm eating a cherry and it's just like, it's like 50% pit. That's my main beef with cherries. It's not necessarily the size, but like, you know, gotta, gotta spit the pit. And it's like a choking hazard. And it's like, it takes up half the volume of the whole damn fruit. Um, And it's just like, you know, it looks nice, but what I'm eating it is, am I really having a great time when I'm eating cherries? I don't know. And you know, sometimes they're sour or, or kind of bland. And you're like, well, I invested all this energy into picking the cherry and it's let me down. And honestly, you could say that about a lot of your fruits. Especially the grapes. A weird pick, taking grapes and cherry. Um, I can't say I agree. All right. Sixth round pick. All right. Where do we go? Hmm. This is interesting. You know, we got some we got some interesting options on the board. Uh, nobody's taking a run at, uh, like, melons in general. I'm not really in the mood for that. Should I go apricot? Should I go peach? All right. I think we got it. All right. I think I'm going to go with... Hmm. This is tough. This is tough. I don't really... Nothing really stands out in terms of what's a great steal here. Um, except the peach. I think the peach is it, pretty clear that it's the standout among the remaining fruits. Um, you know, peach is a very popular fruit, and rightfully so. Uh, famously used as the butt emoji, so it's got it's got versatility in that kind of game. Um, I don't I don't see anybody using any pear emojis, um, but uh, so yeah, the peach. I'm pretty sure like the peach. pear
0: emoji is also a butt. Like I think that's a thing.
1: All right. Well, I never heard of that, and I think that's all you need to know about the pear emoji. Um, and yeah, the peach. You know, it's a good time. Yeah, you got a good peach pie, peach cobbler. You know, or just eat up straight up a peach. Who loves just digging into a. A delicious peach in the summer, hell yeah, peach. That rounds out my draft. All right, um, for my last pick,
0: I'm going to take the fruit with the funniest name. It's the passion fruit. Okay. It's the passion fruit. Oh, you thought I was going to say kumquat, but I didn't. Oh, I because you know
1: what? My mind didn't even go there. But okay. Wait, what were you thinking? I don't even know what the fuck I was thinking. I was uh
0: oh. Yeah, passion fruit is the funniest name. I don't even know what it is. I've never eaten it before. This is very reminiscent of my steeple chase pick from our track and field draft. Except this time, it's actually going to work. Uh, passion fruit Yikes. rounds out my all-star team of uh, of fruits. We got apple. We got grape. We got watermelon. We got pear. We got cherry, and we have passion fruit. Become very passionate about all these fruits. There we go. Team passion fruit. Uh, we got you know heart oh, and God. character and all that. Whereas Taisei's team, that's gonna absolutely fold in the first round. Banana, strawberry, mango, orange, raspberry, peach. low, you're all just a bunch of like bright colors. Like you know, get an identity. Try harder. Whereas my team is uh, <laughs> my team is camp. So, so there.
1: <laughs> yeah, camp is in you know, perennially bad. Like they're the auto centers of fruits. Um, And everyone is going to vote for them
0: because they're camp. Go, Passion Fruit, go. I think
1: think Passion Fruit might be the worst pick I've ever seen in any draft in my entire life, let alone (laughs) the ones we've done in our podcast. Um, This is is akin to, I haven't done my research, and I can only name 11 fruits. And so I'm going to take the Passion (laughs) Fruit because I've heard of it. Because we're taking, we're talking about a fruit that you've, okay, we're doing a fruit draft. Based on, you know, taste and things of that nature. Because that's what you do with food. You eat the food. Like, you know, if we're doing an Olympics draft and we're doing these events. And, you know, I don't think we can expect that the audience or even us have partaken in a steeplechase or anything like that. Or, or even really any of the events. But in this case, I think, you know, there's a certain level of familiarity with at least the vast majority of these fruits, If not all. And to go ahead and take a fruit that you've never, never tried in the passion fruit. I think is that is the wildest shit I've ever seen, uh, ever. Um, and see, so it's, uh, what if it's off? See, I've never, think, you know, man. See, I also, think you're
0: looking at this all wrong. You're looking at this all wrong. All right. You're thinking you're thinking of it very one dimensionally. Food is not all right. about taste. It's also about how it makes you feel. Not only when you taste it, but when you see it or when you, hear the word. And when I see passion fruit, I'm like, that's hilarious. When I hear passion fruit, I'm like, whoever came up with that was having a day off. Probably like ah, passion fruit sand. So there,
1: I think you might, you might be the first person to have thought passion fruit, LMAO, uh, and then taken it in a draft, but, or even just had that thought passion fruit, LMAO.
0: No, there's no way. Everyone thinks passion fruit, LMAO. Oh
1: Come on. When, okay, like, I, I'm sure I people think... listening, you know, they're chuckling along, but like, you know, before, prior to this, has anybody thought passion fruit, what a funny name? Yes, I can guarantee it. All right, I'll take your word for it. But even then, you can't completely neglect fruit uh, taste when that's what you've been kind of banking on. I didn't neglect it, the-
0: I just don't know about it.
1: <laughs> is that is that not what the word think, neglect means
0: <laughs> no neglect is okay. when you like if i was like oh i've tried passion fruit and i hate it but i'm gonna draft it anyway that's neglecting whereas i just was like yeah i know i never tried it but whatever
1: all right well we'll, we'll see how the voters think um but that is- voters are gonna
0: love this team i promise okay. um
1: all right we'll But see. i think i think win, at some point in the I think at
0: some point in the future on the podcast, we should tr- both try passion fruit for the first time together live on the show.
1: Yeah, I think you know our first live episode, we'll bring a passion fruit, and that'll be that'll be a good five minute segment. Um, and, oh yeah! Oh,
0: when we're finally when we eventually record in the same room together somehow.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll, How would that? We'll, we'll, we'll slice up a passion fruit.
0: What what will be the logistics of, like, recording without picking each other up on each other's microphones? I've no thought idea. about this,
1: and I have no idea either. We'll have to figure that out. But, yeah, I thought, I was like, yeah, we, whatever we do, well, won't we won't we hear the echo? Um, I yeah, guess we'll
0: maybe if we're just, like, on other ends of the room, like, you won't really be able to tell. Or will we have to go <laughs> afterward and, like, while... While I'm talking, we have to mute your file so that you don't hear the echo. Probably something like that.
1: Yeah, either that, or we go and we go to we go and find a prison and we record in one of those two-way mirror rooms. Um, and, oh, perfect. Uh, that, that's always that's always a last resort option. Get arrested. Get one of us arrested for something, so we can get a live episode going. Um, yep. Alrighty. Okay. Perfect. So. Well, anything else on that add? note,
0: uh, I don't have anything else to add. Uh, looks like this is going to be our first under an hour episode since I think last off season. But that's fine because, as you said, nothing is happening, and we spent like at least half this episode doing a fruit draft. I, I think it was about half, maybe a little less actually. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We will be back next week, and we will probably keep these sunday night episodes instead of like sunday afternoon ones uh moving forward even though i haven't talked about that with tai but that'll probably work best with both of our schedules anyway uh thanks for listening you can follow this podcast instagram fusion and hockey podcast the poll for the fruit draft will be up in a couple days you can follow us on twitter as well our handles are in the description and you can finally go watch musical without a cool acronym on the mwca youtube channel because that came out a couple days ago that is Yeah, I think that's like three plugs, but it's worth it. It's amazing, even though I'm a little bit biased.